Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen. everybody welcome back for another edition of brawl for all i'm your host lance jenkins and we're live here tonight with expert lead analyst stevie fly stevie welcome to the show stevie can you hear me well i don't know if he's there then well, we'll find out here in just a minute. Stevie's going to be joining us here in just a moment, folks. So uh, we will look forward to hearing from him just as soon as we do. Uh, trying to connect with him. Looks like we're live, but must be some issues going on there. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get back with him in just a minute. Glad to have you all here for another episode of Brawl for All. After a week off, it's the holiday season, and we certainly wish you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, excited uh, to have to have everyone back for another show. Um, of course, the last time we were on, uh, we were able to have uh, Headbanger Thrasher on the show, and, and that was just a, a fantastic interview. Um, I'll tell you that it was, uh, for me, it was uh, it was a lot of fun hearing from somebody who's had a very good uh, experience with WWE. And I will tell you that that's just something that, uh, quite frankly, uh, is not uh, something that you hear a lot of, to be frank. And uh, I, I am a, I'm actually excited that we were able to hear that type of thing uh, from him. Uh, Stevie, are you with us? Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you. Welcome on to the show, Stevie. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> What's going on, boy? Uh, uh, not too much. We're glad to have you. We've had some technical issues there, but we're glad that we're past that. We were just talking about... Uh, Headbanger Thrasher being on our last show, and we certainly do appreciate you putting that, uh, that interview together. That was all you. Yeah, well, no, uh, that was definitely uh, 
the best one we've had so far. You know, his body pull was really good, but to to be able to talk to somebody like that, and, and you know, he was just a great guy to be t- yeah. telling us uh, what he was telling us. And I think the highlight was for me was was just asking him, you know, just like I said, I don't know how many times I'll get to ask somebody this, what was it like coming out for your first WrestleMania? And, uh, yeah. you know, to be able to talk to somebody that's actually been there on that grand stage, that that, that was pretty awesome. It certainly was. And, and I'll, it was neat to hear. And then uh, just a day later, I uh, understand that uh, – some uh, another big WWE personality liked your tweet uh, about Headbanger Thrasher on Twitter. Tell us about that. Yeah, we, you know, one of the things that that Thrasher had, had talked to me about was, you know, and and talked to, on the show that night about was uh, letting WWE know you know you wanted to see the Headbangers back on WWE programming. So you know, I, I put a, a tweet out, and everybody anybody that's watched Saturday Night Live in the last twenty years knows. The cowbell uh, episode uh, with Will Ferrell. So I, I said, I put a tweet that said, I, I've got a fever, and the only prescription is more headbangers on WWE programming. And uh, the road dog of all people actually liked it. So, you know, we, we actually got somewhere with it. So somebody noticed. That's right. Well, and I, I'll tell you, it was pretty neat. Pretty neat few days there for our young show. Uh, this is the ninth episode of our show, and uh, as we head into the holiday season, we've got a lot to be thankful for so far on on how how awesome it's been. I mean, it's been we've had we've really had some up and some really solid up and coming talent um, that I know we're going to see at at the at the top uh, before long, and we've had some guys who've been to the top and back, and uh, it's just been a, it's been a good ride so far. So we appreciate you put. And, and in fact, the and, two interviews you just referenced, you actually put both of those together. We appreciate well, that. Well, you know, we're working we're working on more, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we got one that we're working on now that's just going to be just as big, just as big as anyone we've done so far. I'm keeping my fingers crossed on it. So uh, just keep watching, keep listening, keep watching the Facebook, and and keep listening, and uh, hopefully we can. We can come up with some more good interviews. I'm sure we will. Well, we, should, we appreciate all you've done. Expert analyst Stevie Fly, not disappointing anybody, that's for sure. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, it's been a while, and we get back to it tonight. And let's talk a little bit about uh, TLC, uh, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. Uh, and of course, that's uh, a, about a week and some change now uh, past as they get ready for their next show. But SmackDown is done for the year. Uh, on pay-per-view events, they're lead, they're heading into the Royal Rumble next, and of course, let's talk a little bit about that uh, first. So, uh, did you did you get what you expected in the outcome of the AJ Styles Dean Ambrose match? Well, I think anybody that that's watched uh, any of the SmackDown the story with with James Ellsworth and Dean Ambrose, it was, you could kind of see it coming. Uh, that, that that being said. Uh, reading reading Twitter and all this, a lot of people were kind of shocked about it. But uh, you know, of course, Ellsworth betrays Ambrose, pushes him off the ladder when he's got a clear shot to the belt, and and costs him the match. And and the reason, and <laughs> you know, I, I I've yet to figure out this El, the the fascination with this Ellsworth kid. Uh, you know, he's not very much to look at at all. Uh, he's no. he looks like and and anybody that watched the old NWA Crockett era, 
He looks like he could be one of the Mulkey's sons. Uh, you know, he's just <laughs> doesn't have much ability at all, but yet somehow he thinks just because he beat AJ Styles twice with the help of Dean Ambrose, he's he's got a better chance to beat AJ in a in a championship match on SmackDown. You know, and that's why he cost Ambrose the match. So. Um, that being said, you know, if you watch SmackDown this week, you saw what happened to him. Ambrose, Ambrose took care of him, but he ends up costing Ambrose another match to Miz. And, uh, you know, I guess this is where we're headed. He's going to be a full-fledged heel before long. And uh, I, I don't really see him being able to match up with a guy like Ambrose. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to have to align himself with somebody. You know, he's going to have to be a mouthpiece for somebody or – or just a lackey is all I can figure. Yeah, because I, I just don't see that feud going real far. I mean, not but not between solely the two of them. You know, that just doesn't make sense. No, I mean, he is, it's no he, I, I am definitely I am definitely in better physical shape than James Ellsworth. I mean, so far as I mean, I, I, you know, I mean that's my thing, and I'm like, this guy's wrestling on WWE television. And and then you look at a guy like I mean to be frank I mean you know and not, look not to not to be hard on small guys I'm not saying because no. you know, they've been some great small guy Ray Mysterio I mean I could go on forever about some of the guys who have succeeded um, who were smaller and, and have really we've talked about this before kind of changed the name of the game for wrestling it used to be about only exactly. the big man and now it's not so I mean there's certainly something to be said for that but I mean good lord this guy's like he's on the main event card in some capacity. <laughs> there, there's there's a big difference between a Ray Mysterio and a James Ellsworth. Wrestling <laughs> yeah. ability yeah. wise, uh, I mean, not saying he, you know, because I actually I got a little curious uh, about his background, so I, I, you know, did a little research, looked him up, and on the independent scene, he has held several several titles, tag titles, and uh, it's not like he he just come out of the blue, but. He has held some titles on the independent scene, uh, but you know, is he WWE main event caliber? No, at least no. not right now. Uh, and <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody the other day about I, for the life of me, you know, when he first burst on the scene, I guess what you call it, and his T-shirt comes out and he's in the top five uh, with T-shirt sales in, in WWE. Now you tell me, Lance, unless you lost a bet. Would you wear a shirt with James Ellsworth's picture on it? Only to bed. Um, only to bed. If you lost the bet, it would, that, would, that would be the only way I would like, I would wear one. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Wow. No, I would not. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd hate to think somebody was going out in public wearing that shirt because it's just a picture of him with this peculiar look on his face. And I, I mean, yep, looking at looking at it right now, actually, yeah, I actually uh, just ordered one. Oh, you did? Is that my Christmas yeah. present this year? It's on the way. Matter of fact, got it shipping <laughs> directly to you. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's an interesting gimmick, but uh, it certainly is, I mean, putting him in the show, putting him in the main event picture, I know he's not competing necessarily, but putting him in the main event picture has really, uh, it, I mean, certainly established his character. Well, and he has a, I mean, officially, and before he actually won the contract, he has signed an official contract with WWE. Uh, yep. He's going to be around for a while. 
Yep. Well, and let me ask you, I mean, the, let's talk about the matches uh, at TLC. I mean, obviously that match did not disappoint. He went over 30 minutes. And those two guys are just great performers. I mean, there is no doubt about Definitely. that. Uh, yeah, they, they are great performers. But I think another match that had the potential – honestly, the main event was the match at night. But another no match doubt. that kind of stole the show – was uh, and certainly had a potential to be to steal the entire show was the Miz and Dolph Ziggler, um, and of course you know Ziggler you know I just am not following. Um, uh, I mean Ziggler, I'm just not there. I mean he, he, wrestling talent is solid. I mean AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler. I mean I, those guys I think have some of the best talent, and only one of them is main event. And if you're Dolph well, Ziggler, Stevie, you got to be like, what the world? This guy comes from the outside, and he's uh, he's main eventing, and I'm I'm not. And, and you know what really confuses me? Ziggler doesn't have bad matches. I mean, it's not like you can go out there and say, well, you know, Ziggler really stunk it up tonight with whoever he was wrestling. They carried him, and it's not like that. His yeah. matches are, are top quality matches. I don't I don't. Remember seeing him have a bad match here, especially here lately. He's got to be rubbing somebody the wrong way in the higher ups. I don't know if it's Triple H, Vince, Stephanie, whoever, but somebody he's definitely rubbing somebody the wrong way because as soon as he gets a push, and we've talked about this before, as soon as he gets a push, it's like it's they cut it off in the shortest amount of time possible. Uh, yeah. The 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 world belt he's held that twice. And he yep. probably held it for a total, total of maybe a month, if that long. Um, yep. The Intercontinental belt he's held several times. You know, he's probably, you know, you know one of the best wrestlers they've got on the roster right now, especially on, if you, you put him on SmackDown, I'd put him in the top five definitely. And and he's really not getting the push he deserves. So, you know, could they come out and, and do what we talked about before? Reform, repackage him in a in a group with with Shelton Benjamin, Jack Swagger. Like after the, he's lost this match now, I don't know. I mean, they definitely need yeah. he definitely needs a change of character or something to uh, to get him to get him noticed or to get on Triple H or whoever's good side again. Yeah, because he's not there right now, clearly. And then um, you know, obviously another match that night that caught my attention is this continued program with Randy Orton as a part of the Wyatt family. Is this leading to a program at WrestleMania that will feature Orton versus Wyatt? I had every belief that this would be, you know, very quick. Mm-hmm. And But the reaction they're getting now, uh, and to put the straps on them, uh, I'm thinking it's going to last longer. I, I, I think this is just me. A prediction: If there's going to be a, a turn again, Orton's going to turn on them. I'm thinking he'll do it at WrestleMania. Whoever they fight at WrestleMania, it'll be a tag team match, and I yeah. think now he'll that'll be when he when they split. Uh, that'll be when he makes seeing, the turn. Okay. Yeah, you already seen a little bit of friction with Luke Harper uh, uh, already. He's kind of doubting him. And, yeah, I've heard now that since they've won the tag belts, they're going to invoke the Freebird rule, which means any two of the three can defend the belt, the tag belt. So, uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, if Harper and Orton are in a match, and I think you'll you'll see in weeks leading up to WrestleMania, Harper and Orton will probably be tagging up and have some kind of friction there, and and that's going to be what ends up splitting them up. And why it's going to have to choose, and I think what's going to end up is uh, Wyatt and Orton at at the SummerSlam. That'll be the next big pay per view. Yep, and I, I can see that. Yep, I can definitely see it, and that would be a good program. I've never been a very big fan of Randy Orton, to be honest, um, for many reasons. I'm not really into his program, his character, and and more importantly, I've heard he's not the nicest person you'll ever want to meet the end of that match finally you saw a good reason for Bray to do his spider walk you know he just distracted, distracted Rhino and Orton comes in from behind and gets an RKO out of nowhere uh, right. <laughs> that was pretty cool the way they ended it though that was pretty neat. I, I, I like what's going on. I mean, I certainly do. I'm a big fan of Bray Wyatt. And honestly, in the wrestling industry, I have heard that he is one of the nicest guys you'll ever want to meet. Um, he is I heard he's a really good guy. And you, you didn't realize, and a lot of people didn't realize, until that was his first gold, his first championship in WWE. So. Wow, he, I didn't realize held, that either. Yeah, he has never held a title up there. And, you know, you sit there and think about Bray. A lot of people don't realize, too, that Bray is actually uh, Bo Dallas' brother. Uh, yep. Mike, uh, a lot of people from that from my time to watch, from my time, remember uh, Mike Rotunda or Erwin R. Scheister, that's, that's Bray and Bo's dad. Yep. Uh, and he works backstage for WWE, too, so he's... You know he's he's got and and they all and a, and a lot of people unless you really look at it don't realize their mother was Black Jack Mulligan's daughter. So there's now I mean, that got, I did not know. Yes, yeah. Uh, Black Jack Mulligan, the father of Barry Wyndham, Kendall Wyndham. Uh, his daughter married Mike Rotunda. So Bray mm-hmm. and Bo have wrestling on both sides of the family. So they. They come by it honest, as as a lot of people put it. I did not know that that was Black Jack Mulligan's yep. daughter was Bray's mother. Had no idea. Um, well, and we'll see what happens. I mean, let me tell you, folks. You want to know what's going on at WrestleMania? Uh, you need to you need to listen to this show because we, we're <laughs> going to get this. We're going to get this right. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, a couple things actually. News broke out just the other day. And I've got it right here. And, uh, well, let me rephrase the, the, the lingo here. News didn't break out. Um, it was repeated from our show. Uh, this reported on HNGN. WWE rumors, this story came out December the 2nd. Um, Goldberg to face Undertaker over John <laughs> Cena at WrestleMania 33. Folks, that's in print now. And I do want to note, I, don't, I, I cannot, I can't establish how credible this source is. I'm just telling you, I don't want to hear anybody say it came out before this show. That's right. You know, now, that if was, it happens, now, John Cena apparently has a pretty tumultuous uh, relationship right now with uh, with WWE. And I wasn't aware of that. Um, but apparently there's some riffraff going on there. Undertaker has been in the mix, obviously. He is. Definitely going to perform at WrestleMania. He came on SmackDown, said it wasn't going to define his career anymore. Sure, but th- there's no WrestleMania without the Undertaker if he's wrestling. I don't, right. I don't see that happening. 
the fact that Goldberg actually could be considered now. I mean, if John Cena falls through, that suddenly is a viable possibility. Definitely. But, you know, uh, also a lot of talk this week, too. Uh, Sting, just put this name back in the mix. There was an independent wrestling event last Saturday night. Sting made an appearance at and was asked, was, has he wrestled his last match? And he said, no, I don't think so. I'm holding out hope for my one last match. And, you know, my one last match and my, you know, you can look at, look at it either way you want to. My one last match and you, the hope he's holding out for, of course, is a match with Undertaker. You know, that's yeah. why he's putting off neck surgery. Uh, that's why he's he's not doing that because he knows it's over if he does neck surgery. So don't I wouldn't exactly count that out just yet. There's there's so many possibilities right now, but you know, Lance did call it first. You can go back in the archives and listen to our past episodes and you can hear that's it right. right there on 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 this podcast, Lance Jenkins predicting Undertaker and Goldberg at WrestleMania. I mean, I, I don't know what else. We've said it from the start, Stevie. You'll hear it first here. And uh, if you didn't believe us, you need to you – know, you, thank the Lord we have this stuff archived. Yes, I agree with you <laughs> because um, uh, we would have proof now that it was first here. Here's another thing about uh, WrestleMania. Rumors are uh, floating around, WrestleMania 33. His daughter is reporting that Hulk Hogan will return as a part of WWE at WrestleMania 33. Now, Hogan has long tried to get one more match. Now, we're talking about a, a guy here who is just as old as Flair, but not in the shape Flair's in, if that says anything. So, have we seen Hogan wrestle his last match? Ooh, you know, unless he... The fact is, that we're having a conversation. Really, yeah. It's not, and it's unless his back is really improved, and it may have since the last time he tried to to even get in the ring in TNA and do anything. Um, I, I don't see how he could wrestle a full match. He would have to be a gimmick match or a tag match with somebody that that would pretty much carry most of the load. Uh, you know, it, is it possible? Yes, but do I think so? Do I think he's going to actually wrestle a match? one-on-one with somebody at WrestleMania? No. Uh, yeah. I really don't. Uh, that'd be... Uh, I just couldn't see it. I, not in the shape that I've heard he's in and and, and what you see when he used to get in the ring and it, it, the last time you saw him get in the ring, it, look, it looked like he was just in a lot of pain just getting in the ring. Well, I was actually at that match in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was Bound for Glory. Uh, and he fought Sting in 2000... Oof. I can't remember if it was 10 or 11, but uh, nonetheless. um, And I'll be honest with you, uh, I was surprised he did as much as he did that night because, um, honestly, he he went down on his back at least five times in that match. And I thought to myself, geez, that's just a little more than I thought we'd see. And, um, and, you know, we hadn't seen him back since. That was a fun thing live to see uh, with him and Sting in the ring, but honestly, uh, what a what a bust. I mean, good gracious. If you go back and look at that yeah. match, you're like, what, what in the world was going on here? They were just trying to add star power. But the fact that uh, it's... And I think Hogan wants to have a one-on-one match. I, I really do believe oh, he that, does. Um, Definitely. that he does. No, he, yeah. he, 
he definitely wants another match, especially at, at WrestleMania. And, you know, it would be kind of nice that this guy was really between him and Vince, they were responsible for WrestleMania, and yep. uh, you know, created it pretty much. And and it'd be nice to see him do be able to do something at least one more time at WrestleMania. That's right, and I would like to see him back in the WWE. Um, he certainly, um, you know, like him or lump him, he he does belong there. Um, oh, and that's just definitely. what that boils down to. So talking about Hogan and Undertaker and Goldberg and all that, you just you, you're talking about big names here. And when you talk about big names, you can't avoid the subject of one the, the probably the most prestigious honor now in wrestling, and that is to be named a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, it has oh, become yeah. the staple of, of pro wrestling's um, uh, height. Uh, it has certainly become the level in which a, a retired individual wants to attain. And uh, there's been some big names who have done it over the years, the first of those being Andre the Giant in uh, 1993. And so tonight, uh, Stevie, I, particularly because I know this is a interest of yours, and not only that, but something I think you can have a lot of input on that would be valuable. And that is, let's talk about people who have yet to be named to the hall of fame, uh, that we feel like should, uh, whether that we're expecting them to, whether we're not people, we feel like ought to be in the hall of fame, uh, that, uh, may not, may not have been given a nod yet. And I will start with you. Um, there's obviously been some big names who have been, uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame over the years, but there's no secret that there are certainly some big names uh, that are missing. Uh, what are what's one? We'll start with you. What's one that comes to mind? Well, you know, there, there's I've got several on my list here, but the first one that steps out at I me, mean, we you know we actually had him at the first Rage event, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and I think one of the things with with this Hall of Fame, a lot of people get some of the this WWE generation doesn't realize about the old, the older WWF or the W when it was actually called the WWWF. Uh, mm-hmm. My first one is Ivan Koloff. He's, yeah. you know, he's, he's a former world heavyweight champion. And actually, you know, back in the day when he, when he won the belt, he ended Bruno San Martino's reign, which was the longest reigning WWE champion ever. I mean, that, that was, Bruno was that generation of Hulk Hogan, and and even further. I mean, Bruno was a, a big dude, and nobody thought they could beat. And all of a sudden, this Russian guy comes out here and beats him, stunned the crowd. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and Ivan's work with uh, with the Crockett's in WCW or the NWA back then. You know, Ivan was was a, a fantastic heel, and, and had several championship belt. You know, tag belt. He had the NWA World Belt several times, the U.S. Tag Belt several times. Uh, so I definitely think Ivan Koloff deserves to go in. I absolutely agree, and 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 uh, yeah, we could go on forever as to probably why he's not yet. But I will say right. that uh, Ivan Koloff is. Um, I mean, what you just said it. I mean, he beat Bruno San Martino um, for for the title, and at the time, the WWF title. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to avoid somebody like that. You know, actually, I pulled out my old PlayStation 2 the other day. Right. And 
put in. Uh, this was over Thanksgiving when I was home in Jackson. And uh, Dad had it out, and I said, well, let me pull this thing out and see what you got. So I looked at some of my old games, and one of the games I had was called Legends of Wrestling. I mean, some really big names on that. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, obviously Hogan, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, uh, Coco Beware, um, oh gosh, Bret Hart, uh, Rob Van Dam, just a ton of people up there. And, and one of the people on that game was Ivan Koloff. And um, almost everybody, almost everybody on that game, um, other than Ivan Koloff and maybe a couple of others have been inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame with the exception of um, individuals. Devon Eriks were, in, were, um, in, were, they were inducted as a group in 2009. Right. Uh, the Road Warriors, same thing as opposed to uh, uh, individuals. But other than that, he's about the only one that had not been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Very few. There's, there's some others, obviously, but uh, he was one of the few. And, and to me, I look at that and I think to myself, uh, the accomplishments he made. I mean, whatever, what kind of, whatever kind of hardships the WWE has towards Ivan Koloff, let's just put that aside and recognize talent. I mean, because if we're gonna, if, if we're gonna discriminate because you know we've got a bad relationship with somebody or what have you, I don't exactly think that that is. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure that's what the Hall of Fame ought to be about. I know the Hall of Fame ultimately got to have a good relationship with WWE for that to happen, but. I just feel like I agree with you. I feel like Koloff ought to be. Um, I, I, let's just put stuff aside and, and let's do what's right here. Yeah, you need to do do what's right now before you know. Before it's too late. Uh, just like yeah. the, you know, for for a long time, uh, they kept one of the most deserving guys to out of the Hall of Fame for, because of relationship problems, and, and it was too late. For him to actually enjoy it, you know, they finally, after his death, put Randy Savage in, and a lot of that, a lot of what kept him out of that was was bad blood, bad relationship with Vince, mm-hmm. and and Savage also had said that he wanted to go in, inducted with his father and with his brother, which you know I, his brother is one thing I can I can see probably his dad because his dad was pretty good wrestler back in the day, but uh you know, his brother never really got to the to the level that Randy did. You know, Leap Leaping Lanny Papa or the genius or whatever you want to call him. Uh you know, that you know, I could see with his dad, but Randy needed to go in by himself and uh you know you know yeah. that's just that's just an instance of, of what having a bad relationship with WWE or with Vince for do for years, and it kept him out of the Hall of Fame for a long time. Yep, it sure did a long time. I mean, Hogan, who came around the same time, was inducted literally ten years prior, uh, almost exactly. actually eleven years prior. So that's a um, no. I forgive me, I was wrong. Yeah, ten years prior. So that's exactly it. I mean, I'm with you. I'm gonna tell you another guy. I just mentioned him a minute ago. He's one of the few that were on that game I played that um, that has not been inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, and that is King Kong Bundy. Um, you know, a guy who hmm. came around in the 1980s. Um, he wrestled in the main event against Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania two. Um, he has quite a few accomplishments. Uh, he never won the world title. 
in the WWF, but certainly that does not constitute one's ability to. Re- I mean, Roddy no. Piper, same situation. You know, of course, yeah, Roddy, Roddy Piper, Piper certainly. Yeah, he certainly was a bigger character, Roddy Piper, no doubt about that. But King Kong Bundy, I mean, certainly a big. I mean, he was he was around for some time and, and a bigger and larger than life personality, really. Uh, if it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for Andre the Giant being as big and as he was, then uh, we probably would have seen uh, Bundy kind of be that guy. But you know, Andre the Giant was who he was. But, you know, Big John Studd, somebody that Bundy teamed with often, he's been right. inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, obviously Andre the Giant has as well. It just makes you wonder, you know, what, what's the deal with King Kong Bundy? Uh, you know, Bundy is still alive. He's age 59. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what the deal is there. And a lot of, you know, make this point, you just have to make this point when we're talking about these guys too. So, uh you can't really base what they did. Just you can't go by what they only did in WWE if they were wrestling. Some yep. of these guys that have made the Hall of Fame didn't wrestle in WWE. I mean, exactly. you know, you you got to base it on their whole work. You know, whether it was in the old AWA, whether it was in the NWA, WCW, overseas in Japan, or uh, you know, in WWE. So. You've got to base it on that. So, you just like yeah, and Sting, Sting yeah, exactly. never held, held a belt in, in WWE. He wrestled two matches in WWE. So, uh, yeah. you know, you really don't base it on that. Just, just get that, get that out there. Because Bundy held several championships in the old uh, uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling when that was a. And this goes way back to for WWE. WWE even went nationwide. WWE was a territory up north, so winning one of these territorial belts was was big back then. And Bundy, Bundy actually was a member of a group. If you go back and look, with Legion of Doom, with the Road Warriors, uh, managed by Paul Ellering. I, I think he actually, Rick Rude or, or and Jake the Snake were a part of that group too before they. Hit it big. So you go back and look. He has a lot of accomplishments. I, I agree with you, Dale Lance. Yep, he does. And uh, is I don't know. I, I mean, I'm kind of disappointing to see. But who else do you have on the list? Now these these two guys. You know, this is you know you you get inducted as tag teams like the Road Warriors, uh, the Freebirds. So look, uh, one of the best tag teams from the '80s, and and, and I've got another one after that too. Uh, but the Rock and Roll Express, uh, one of the best tag teams of the 80s, Net, had a limited role probably after their prime at WWF. Uh, but, you know, these guys, <laughs> if you go back for the people that haven't seen them, teamwork, I mean, they, they were tough for little guys. This was the little guys fighting in a big man's world, and they, they succeeded, I mean. To come out their first night in NWA wrestling, they they to fight Ivan and Nikita and go an hour and beat them on their in their first match for the World Tag Team Championship in a gym in a hot gym in Shelby, North Carolina. <laughs> you know that was pretty impressive, uh, and they were three-time World Tag Team Champions in, in NWA, and uh, you know. Ricky Morton, if you ask anybody that's watched wrestling over the last 30 years, 
as far as selling, probably in your top five as far as selling and and just putting on a good show. And I, you know, I think they deserve to go in. And whether it'll happen or not, I don't know if Vince has something against them uh, because they all their success was pretty much in Crockett, and that was such a uh, a big thing back then when he took over. When he went nationwide, that was a big competition. But uh, you know, you got to look. Like I said, you got to look at their their resume as a whole. I mean, Dusty Dusty Rhodes was one of his big competitors, and and Dusty's in the Hall of Fame. So keeping the Rock and Roll Express out, I think, is a shame. I, I, but I definitely think they deserve to go in. I absolutely agree with that. Let me tell you somebody else. I think. Um, and uh, you can probably just about bet this ain't ever going to happen. Um, though, I would like to see it because, you know, you, ju- you just can't keep this guy out of the Wrestling Hall of Fame. I mean, if and no disrespect, but if you've got people like Donald Trump, you know, no disrespect, but Donald Trump is the in the WWE Walker. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I will say you've got, yeah, you've got certain other people in here that certainly could be questionable. Again, no disrespect. Just saying, you have got, you cannot, you cannot degrade the significance of what this man did in the 1990s, and that is Eric Bischoff. Now, I seriously doubt <laughs> we'll see that anytime soon. But to not see Eric Bischoff in in, in the pro, uh, what is essentially pro wrestling's Hall of Fame. When he has done what he's done, I mean, look, let's just be honest here. There was no match for Vince McMahon until Eric Bischoff showed up. Like him or not, he might have been a hard man. He might have been a guy that has not always been liked in the wrestling business, but you cannot deny what he did with Monday Nitro. Oh, definitely not. You know, the Monday Night Wars, well, he fired the first shot. People don't really remember what the first shot was. Uh, you go back and look. The first Nitro, uh, that's that's where the first shot was fired. When when you see Lex Luger walk out in the middle of oh, Monday Nitro when he was on the WWE pay per view the night before, uh, Bischoff. You know you hear the story. Uh, Luger was working without a contract in WWF at the time. Was working mm-hmm. without a contract and. Got in touch with his, you know, him and Sting were business partners, best friends. He got in touch with Sting to see, to kind of test the waters to see what Bischoff, if Bischoff would be interested in, in coming back. And Bischoff said he wasn't a big fan of losers, but he knew that if he got somebody that was on a WWE pay per view the night before and got him on Nitro, that would make a big, big splash. And it did. Uh, Yep. That that was really the first shot fired in war. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And uh, you know, not even I mean and, and certainly he had his biggest impact then, but he also uh was an on screen personality in the WWE. Um he was an on screen personality and executive producer of TNA. And let's just look like like he had an uphill battle there, and so did Hogan. They brought them in to bring some credibility to that company. And you can like it or not, but they did that. Because even though they didn't become a WWE, ratings were higher than they've ever been with TNA at that time 
and they have not been that way since. You can't deny the type of effect he has on a wrestling program, and uh, I, I just don't expect it anytime soon, but no. it, it's a snub <laughs> that's fairly obvious. Well, you, and you think about this, and I've thought about this for a long time. What came first, Bischoff joining the NWO or, or Vince turning heel boss? Uh, Bischoff joined the NWO, I do believe. Do, do you, exactly. Do you not think yeah. Vince kind of copycatted that? And it worked. Think about and it. And it worked. Yeah. It definitely worked because that started the whole Stone Cold Vince feud, which, you know, really kind of catapulted them back in, in back on top of the ratings. When they got Stone Cold at the top, the ratings, they took over the ratings again. So, yeah. you know, Bischoff, Bischoff is, you say what you want to about him, and uh, I was actually reading a quote from from a story from Stone Cold. He, thanked, he actually thanked Bischoff for firing him the way he did, because if he hadn't fired him, there would have been no Stone Cold. And he wouldn't yep. have the success he does now. So you got that right. He's responsible yeah. for a lot more than people think. He he really is, and uh, and he's much more than an on-screen personality. He was, I mean, he was simply not. Um, he he was not the. I mean, he, he he was behind the scenes as much and probably more than he was on screen. And uh, he really had a he had an effect that, uh, to be frank. Um, Nobody else has other than Vince McMahon in wrestling. Yeah. Right. Who else you got? Uh, my next one is, you know, you've got a lot of wrestling families uh, and and, a, and one guy that was in a wrestling family that, uh, unfortunately, he, it was in, his, his life was ended much too soon, but did a lot while he was here, and that's Owen Hart. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, if anybody... Everybody talks about Brett and Brett, but you know, Owen, Owen definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's a multiple world tag team champion, uh, intercontinental champion, European champion, you know, and, and Owen was just, uh, you know, a very talented wrestler and, and what an entertainer he was. But, you know, and not just saying it because of, of the way his life ended, but really because Owen deserves to be in that Hall of Fame. And, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, they've only seen Owen in WWF or whatever. But Owen was the next big thing coming out of Stampede Wrestling, which, granted, that was Stu Hart's promotion. But Owen was actually supposed to be the next big thing before Brett was. Uh, Brett was the older one, but Brett was actually, you know, in the Hart Foundation, but Owen was – was a singles wrestler, in, which he was a little bit smaller than Brett, and that's probably why WWE didn't push him like they should have. But, uh, you know, Owen deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. I, I can definitely agree with that. And I got to be honest, I was surprised that he wasn't. Uh, when you said that, I was like, you know what? He's not. He's not He's in not. the Hall and of Fame. And, you know, if you look at, you look at that, uh, British Bulldogs. Uh, yep. And I'm not, you know, he's not in there either as a singles. Really, what I think he needs to be in is as a tag team. You know, with Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy, that was, you know, one when when WWE actually had a really good tag team situation, 
British Bulldogs were on top of that for a while and, and stayed really consistent until back injuries hurt Dynamite Kid and forced him forced him out. But, you know, that's one of the best tag teams WWE's ever had. That's another one. Owen and, and the British Bulldogs need to be in the Hall of Fame. If you've got the Bushwhackers, and I'm sorry, and like we said, we don't mean any disrespect, but if you got the Bushwhackers in there that never held a world championship, never really was in a contending program for the World Tag Team Championship, you got to have the British Bulldogs in there. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. Now, and, here's another here's another one for you. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I, I don't know if you're going to agree with this one or not. Um, okay. But I... Uh-oh, he's reaching deep. Well, I, I kind of, yeah, we're starting to reach deep, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of feel like that this is a snub to me that really, you know, most people would probably look at me and say, all right, Lance, you're pretty crazy because, um, you know, we can see what you've said so far, but this guy, you know, might might not be <laughs> on the same level. But he, with a long storied career like he had, and to have have been in one of the most iconic moments of all time that certainly uh, helped define the other person's career. Um, and that is when Shawn Michaels turned heel uh, for the oh, very Lord. first time. I, I got to tell you, Marty Jannetty, I mean, WCW didn't quite use the guy like he should be used. But, I mean, prior to that, though, Marty Jannetty was quite the personality. And, I mean, if you really look, if you look at the resume, there's people in the Hall of Fame that uh, certainly have had less accomplishments and a less storied <laughs> career than Marty well, Jannetty. What I'll do you agree think? With you. I'll agree with you. Uh, you know, one, I was going to say, if you're going to keep Owen out and put somebody in like, a, and like we said, we don't mean any disrespect at all but we're just going by our opinion and what we see. If you're going to put Abdullah the Butcher in, and granted, yep. you know, I know he spilled a lot of blood over that, but, you know, he did his greatest. He carries a fork to the ring and try, and does all this stuff. I mean, he's put on some bloody matches, but, you know, Owen and, and Marty Jannetty, and you look at Marty Jannetty <clears throat> before uh, they came to WWF, had – Incredible success in the old AWA as, as the Midnight Rockers, you know, yep. tag team champions several times, and and then came to WWE. And actually, I don't know if they've actually added it to the the records now or not. I heard they did. The Rockers were world tag team champions for about a day. I don't know if you've ever heard the story. There was a yeah. taping. Okay, I'm I'm more, I'm going to tell you something there. Now, you didn't know about Blackjack Mulligan being Bray Wyatt. I'm learning so much tonight. You're going to learn something else tonight. There was a TV taping back in the day when they had Saturday night's main event. I know you remember that. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Came on, you know, every once in a while, Saturday Night Live would take a back seat to Saturday night's main event at 1130. Well, they did a taping for it. And one of the matches was a two out of three falls match for the tag team championships the Hart Foundation against the Rockers in the yeah. middle in the middle of the second fall I believe it, and I may be wrong on that so don't quote me on that 
uh, the top rope snapped. Well, you know, the story's told that there in the ring, Brett and, and I, I don't know which one of the Rockers was in the ring, but they were down like some, one of them had the other one in the headlock, and they said, let's just keep going. And they kept going with the match. The referee didn't know what to do, but they kept going, and they wrestled the rest of that match. And the Rockers won two fouls and walked out of there that night with the tag team belts. And wow. the way the story goes, they the next day Vince called called the Rockers and said, We can't put that on T V so we're just gonna act like it didn't happen. But, you know, it it's been verified by by several people, you know, you know, of course Michaels has talked about it several times in, in different interviews he's done. But yeah, that you know the Rockers were the World Tag Team Champions for a day, unofficially. Wow. Uh, and I mean, it may have been added now because I, I think it seems like I've heard that they added it. But so Marty Jannetty's been one of few people that's been AWA World Tag Team Champion and WWF World Tag Team Champion. So yeah, I I, I would think he would deserve to be in the Hall of Fame if it's not with the Rockers. Could could Shawn Michaels? Let, let's talk about this. Because Shawn Michaels actually going to Hall of Fame three times. You know, you got Flair's in there twice. Yeah. Shawn Michaels going there for his, his on his own as a member of Degeneration X and as a member of the Rockers. So I mean, well, that's something you got to look at. I, I mean, you, I can certainly see that. I, I personally think it would certainly be warranted. I mean, you just scroll down the resume that Marty Jannetty has. And I remember seeing Marty Jannetty on TV when I was a young kid in, in, back then before we had the Internet. Um, and it was uh, – I remember seeing him on WCW, and it was like he was a mid-card no-name. But up until then and, – and really, that's just, and that was another sign of Eric Bischoff just stealing talent and saying, hey, I'm going to use them, and I'm just going to make sure you don't is what he was saying to Vince McMahon right. on a lot of people. But um, that didn't pan out. Bret Hart's a very good example of that, too. But, uh, you know, Marty Jannetty, I, I, I think he's a guy who um, who certainly has, has a, a more impressive resume than some people who are already in. So, and whether it will happen or not, I don't know. And, that, you know, you jarred my memory a little bit because I was just sitting here thinking, Jannetty – did actually officially hold the WWF Tag Team Championship. And of all people, he held it with uh, him and uh, I believe it was the one, two, three kids who later become, became X-Pac, held, held the tag belts. He did. Uh, he had it for a very brief time, but yes. Very brief time, but he did hold yeah. it. So, I mean, you know. He sure did. So, you know, you to, that joy my memory. I'm, I'm proud of myself tonight. You know, old guys. Very, kind of, very kind impressive. Of can jaw the brain. <laughs> Very impressive. Okay. All right. What else so you got? Else? I've got two more, so I know you probably got a plenty too. I'm gonna let you roll for a bit. Okay. Uh, we we talked about tag teams, and I told you I had one, and probably, and I, I <laughs> you talked about Bischoff being a long shot, and the the manager of this team will probably would probably be the reason, main reason, they would keep him out of the Hall of Fame. But I'm going with the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. Um, Absolutely agree. You know, and, and Cornette, I, I've talked countless times on this show about how 
if I'm starting a federation, that's the guy that I want to be in my head booker and making all the decisions. Uh, you know, great, great wrestling mind and stood up. You know, he, he didn't, he wasn't one of these guys that, uh, that would bow down to, to upper management. If he thought something was wrong, he would, he would let them know. And he, pretty much everywhere he went, you know, whether it was NWA, uh, WWE, Ring of Honor, TNA, he's been everywhere, and he's he's had his hand in the booking part of it and, and being in charge of several things. Uh, you know, yep. you, we heard Headbanger Thrasher talk about what an influence Cornette had on him, the Headbangers in WWE, and actually were the ones that told him, or they were, he told them when they were about to win the tag bills. So, um, you know, Cornette. Midnight Express were the first tag team in NWA history to hold the U.S. belts and the world tag team belts at the same time. So, yep. you know, that right there says something. There were multiple champions in in NWA and Mid-South Wrestling. You know, their, their resume goes on and on and on. So, as and it would be so great if they do go in because where you saw the Midnight Express, Every time you heard that name, you always thought about the Rock and Roll Express because of the feuds they had. It'd be so nice to see these guys go in at the same time with the Rock and Roll Express. Yep, I think that would be a class act right there. I agree, and I I definitely agree with you. With Cornette's Cornette's relationship with WWE, that could keep them out. So good deal. Yeah, well, I I, I could. Let me tell you, this, this is one of my favorite guys, and he actually wrestled just a couple of years ago. And I'm going to tell you right now, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, by and large. And not because not not because he wrestled a couple of years ago, I'm going to say he actually wrestled a couple of years ago on Monday Night Raw, on Old School Raw, and he still had it. And the crowd was chanting, "You still got it," and, and they won't lie. I mean, this guy still had it. And I'll tell you that he hasn't always had a great relationship with uh, WWE, but he has been in uh, just about every major promotion you can think of. And I'll tell you this too, he is a two-time, excuse me, I apologize, three-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, and that is Big Van Vader. Big fan of Vader, and I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. He he is on my list. Uh, Is he? He definitely needs to be in there. Probably probably one of the most, back in the day too, especially one of the most agile big men that, that oh, I've yeah. seen, and and a lot, you know, did a lot of of overseas wrestling. That's where he became Vader. He started out in in the AWA as you know he's he's a former professional football player for the Rams. When that was over with, he, he said he wanted to get into wrestling. The AWA put him in there. You know, he was just called Leon Bullpower White was his name at first, and then. Stayed there for a couple of years and went overseas, and that's where it became Big Van Vader. And yep. you know, a lot of people know him as Vader, but mm-hmm. overseas, he, you know, when when it, the you know, you, you several times, well, certain times you you see a wrestler and you're almost like, wow, that's kind of scary, and, and it was, but it was pretty awesome at the same time. Vader yep. used to have shoulder pads that he would wear. There was. It was shoulder pads like the Road Wars wore, but it, it had a headpiece that covered his, his face. 
that he would wear to the ring. And then he would take it off and set it down. And, and the head, the the shoulder pads off the side, smoke would, would shoot out the side of it. It was pretty awesome at the time, you know, because mm-hmm. you didn't have a whole lot of special effects like you do today. But And, and to see him in the ring when he first came over to WCW, uh, yeah, it was pretty scary. And then his first big feud over here was with Sting. He beat Sting for the WCW belt. And, uh, you know, some, he, he's pretty pretty uh, devastating. You know, you ask Mick Foley about how, I don't know if you ever heard the story about how Foley and, uh, Foley was Cactus Jack then, Ruffling Vader and WCW, and, and Foley lost his ear. Oh, is that where that happened? I never knew that. Yes. Yes, that was yeah, at a I, I never think knew that. Somewhere overseas in Germany, I believe, they were doing a tour, and, and that's when it happened. And, it, <laughs> you know, not many people, and if somebody had made me lose my ear in a match or something like that, I don't know if I would would uh, be as kind as, as Foley has been to Vader. You know, a lot of, and I don't know if people know it or not, but Vader, you know, got some pretty bad news uh, a couple of weeks ago about congestive heart failure. Uh, maybe, maybe has two years to live. So I did not know, you know that. that. Wow, you you hadn't heard that? No, yeah, I had not heard you know, that. I've been following it on Twitter, and uh, he had congestive heart failure, and, and they said the damage to his heart was was probably going to allow him two more years. So, you know, that was that was not my only reason for wanting him in the Hall of Fame because, and obviously you didn't know, so you saw something that yep. he, he should be I in the Hall of Fame. But I think, you know, WWE really needs he, – not he's very deserving of it, but – I would love to see them do this, you know, before time runs out. And, uh, you know, he, so he can yeah. enjoy it. So, yeah. I would, you know. I would too. Yeah, I would, too. Who else you got? Uh, let's see. Who have I got left up here? I've got several, but I'm going to mention one that, you know, she's, she's already gone. She's passed away, unfortunately. And, and well-deserving because she's been involved in – so many things with WWE and, and like like we talk about, there's a common denominator for all these ones we're talking about that aren't in there yet. Maybe not had the best relationship with WWE, and this one, she she's got a, a had a lot of baggage with WWE, and I'm I'm gonna say China. Yeah, you know, totally totally agree. Uh, you know, one of the members of DX, founding member of DX. Uh, two-time Intercontinental champion. That's saying something for a woman that, that <laughs> won the say. Intercontinental belt twice. That's right. Uh, and and it wasn't like it was just put on her. Like she was, she didn't pull a David Arquette, and it was just put on her. She she won it. I mean, she yeah. she deserved it. And uh, several several time multiple time uh, WWE Women's Champion. You know, just you know. Probably one of the most awesome women wrestlers you'll ever see. And, you know, yep. it's, it's sad that that things have gotten away the way she always. She, you know, fortunately she's gone. But you know, I definitely think she's well deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. Well, and I, and I'm gonna tell you this too. Um, 
and looking at looking back at uh, her career and how everything went with her and WWE and the whole McMahon Triple H uh, yeah. situation is probably the reason she'll never get that nod. But as you remember, she was. You may have mentioned this. I didn't. I didn't. I'm sorry if you did, but she also was the first female participant in the King of the Ring tournament. No, I didn't mention that. I forgot about that. Or yep. she also participated in Royal Rumble. Yep, sure did. And I assume she was the first woman to have probably done that. So, um, you know, I, to me, um, I, I'm, I couldn't agree more. You know, she is somebody who's probably going to forever get the snub um, for a lot of reasons. Um, not only that, but some of the troubled times she had at, later in life and, and some of the right. things she was involved in. But, uh, you know, you can't. Uh, you know, you, you certainly can't ignore her accomplishments. I mean, well, definitely if, if gonna, accomplished. If you're going to look at that as stuff she was involved in later in life, then if we're going to talk about, then some people, there's there's some that need to be stripped of the oh, I status. And I agree. Namely, yeah. you know, if I were going to talk about that, Sonny, you know, yeah. she she's in the Hall of Fame, and, and, and it's just, no, no disrespect, but, you know, she hasn't, She's she's having her and and I I feel sorry for her, but she's had having a lot of trouble here lately, you know, as as well as in the past. So yep. you know, China China and her are about in the same boat as far as what uh, uh, personal problems. That's right. That's right. Well, I've got one more, um, and uh, I'd like to share that with you before we close out. And I'm going to give you a chance to have the last word too, but. Um, and I don't know if this guy's on your list or not. He's certainly not the best in the world at cutting a promo. But <laughs> but uh, he absolutely, uh, in my opinion, uh, should be in the Hall of, uh, Hall of Fame. He was once a member, and you probably know who I'm talking about, once a member of uh, the Million Dollar Corporation managed by um, – uh, by Ted DiBiase, he was a two-time uh, two world heavyweight champion in WWE. He headlined WrestleMania 8 and, of course, WrestleMania 13, where The Undertaker defeated him for the world title. And that is uh, – actually, he's known by several names. Um, Psycho oh, Sid, Sid Vicious, what <laughs> have you. Agree or disagree? I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you he should be in there because, like you said, he's multi-time world champion and he's – he, you know, he's he's had a lot, a lot of uh, success in different different places. You know, he was in WCW. He was a member of the Four Horsemen in WCW. He was uh, when he first broke in in, in WC well, in WA, He was one of the skyscrapers, uh, which was if you ever have a chance. I don't know if you've seen many of those uh, matches. They were they were pretty awesome back then in the day. Uh, the only the only thing that would probably Keep uh, Sid out is a lot of a lot of things he did in the past and continues to do yeah. to this day. Will probably you know he's not very he was never very dependable. He never stayed around for a long time. You know there's different different stories of uh, what he's what he's done. Uh, one incident yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever heard about the. Him and Art stabbing Arn Anderson. Uh, no, I, I was not aware of that. Yes, yeah. yeah, so you need to you need to look that up. That's that's a long story, and for some reason you never really get the whole 
the whole gist of it, and a lot of people were kind of tight-lipped about it. But yeah, that was uh, that was pretty big back in the day in uh, WCW. I know one guy that talked about it a little bit. Vader was there at the time, and, and we talked about it a little bit. But very tight-lipped situation, and you know, Flair to this day has nothing good to say about that about Sid. And I don't know if it's just because of that. But uh, you know they they had some times where they worked together in the Horsemen and, and later on in WCW before WCW folded. I think they worked together a little bit. But you know <laughs> he's not a very well liked person. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound like it. I had no idea that uh, he had stabbed yeah, he, somebody. He that, that, that'll I'm, definitely keep you out of the Hall of Fame, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got three on you tonight. I've talked you three things tonight. So. Uh, that is very true. You know, the I've got a I've got a couple more, and I'll I'll, I'll just kind of shorten these the last two up. But he's already in it as a member of the Four Horsemen. Uh, oh. But I think Arn Anderson needs to go in on his own. Uh, oh, you know, I agree. One of, one of the best, one of the best workers of all time, and and not only did he do tag teams, but he was, you know, held the TV belt in in WCW, NWA several times. And, you know, just just a great competitor. And the last one I'm going to talk about was a tag team, and you know how you can keep these guys out. And this could be another incident of somebody running the mouth and and making waves too much. Rick and Scott Steiner, you know, yeah, yeah, held held tag belts in WCW and WWF and in overseas in Japan. So you know, that that's a definitely they need to be. And I think Scott's Scott's problems are probably uh, some of the things he said to different ones like Flair and and Hogan. Uh, that's probably kept them kept them out of it. Yep. Well, and and and, and I will say that uh, you know I thought we might have some you know conversation, some disagreement, but I, I kind of agree with everyone you brought up. And uh, I, I have not had anyone that you you know, and there's 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 so many obvious ones that will probably go in that I had on, that there was three I had on my list that were obviously going to happen, but just mm-hmm. haven't happened yet. Like the undertaker is going to happen. Uh, the rock is going to happen. You know, a lot of when people talk about Vince needs to go in there. I mean, that's going to probably happen. Uh, yeah. Triple H will go in there too. So, I mean, you know, you, you, they were, they were the obvious ones, but I, I wanted to, to bring out to make sure I mentioned the ones that, that really needed to go in the hat and gone in. Yeah, and, and I, I like that. And probably wasn't, you know, a good chance that they'll go in, but, you know, maybe maybe, maybe we'll draw some attention. Maybe Vince is listening right now and we'll draw some attention to these guys. Well, if Vince isn't listening, as always, he probably should be. Well, that's that, that, that's, that, that's that right there, folks. Listen to that. I mean, we brought up some big names tonight, and we did. You know, we brought up some names that uh, that didn't feature uh, to me, that didn't – you're right, weren't the obvious ones. I mean, obviously, no need to talk about it. The Rock or the Triple H getting in, that, that's going to happen. But we yeah, brought up the names sure. tonight of guys who should have been uh, talked about before. Maybe they will be. You know, some of these guys might be on the docket for 2017, and um, – and then we're certainly going to find out um, shortly for sure. Stevie, last word. What you got? You know, I'm, I'm sitting here. Impact just came on. I'm actually pretty excited about watching Impact tonight because uh, 
there's a there's kind of a cross brand thing going on now with uh, TNA and Ring of Honor, and I think we kind of called it before. Uh, the, the Hardys have been uh, actually the Ring of Honor pay per view, which was last. Uh, the Young Bucks beat the Briscoes and, and retained the tag team belts. And who should come up on the the video screen after that was over? But Broken Matt Hardy sending a message yeah. to the Young Bucks, and and it's kind of gone back and forth this past week over uh, <clears throat> over Twitter. And I actually mm-hmm. think they had a match overseas somewhere between the Hardys and the Young Bucks. So I think they're kind of, you know, you might see a cross-promotion thing going on here soon, and I'm kind of excited to see what's going to go on here tonight. So it may not, with my luck, nothing will happen (laughs) because I'm actually sitting here watching it, but uh, I'm holding out hope. Well, we shall see TNA back on the radar for their innovative thinking. I, I, I would be interested to see the Hardys and the Young Bucks, two very one you know, very storied team there, and another one up and coming who is a really exciting team to watch. And you know, and I have to mention this: as excited as I am about that, they one of the dumbest moves I've seen. They had this; they've been working these spot these promos for a few weeks with these guys in white masks come out with distorted voices just talking about different things they would do. They come out and jump the Hardys. And, you know, instead of building it up and making you wonder who these guys are, they take the mask off. You know, it's James Storm, Bram, and another guy that I can't think of the name. So, okay, we know they're unmasked. We know who they are now. Well, the next week they come out after they unmask and know who they are. They're wearing the mask and talking in the ring in that same distorted voice. So what is the purpose now? We know who you are. Why are you still talking to the distorted voice? I mean, everybody knows who you are now. So, you know, that's another case of TNA not getting it right. That's exactly right. They just need to bring Eric Bischoff back to solve the whole problem. They need to bring somebody back, that's for sure. Or maybe Vince Russo. That might be a good pick. Oh, that's that's good old Vince again. Let's talk. You know, Vince, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the show. Yeah, we would. We we, we beg and plead because, well, boy, that'd be a three-hour episode. I can tell you that right, right now. We would, we I have, definitely a, have, to, have a lot to ask. Yeah, a lot yes, to ask. And I think we we would be fighting over questions on that one, wouldn't we? I believe so. I believe so. We would be struggling to get it in. Stevie, always a pleasure to have you on. And Same here, bud. Forward, look forward to doing it again next week. Folks, that is all for Brawl for All. I'm Lance Jenkins alongside with expert analyst Stevie Fly bringing the podcast to you. You can always listen to us live on blogtalkradio.com or you can always listen to us on demand anytime you want on your mobile devices or online on your TuneIn radio app on both your iPhones and Android devices and always on your podcast app on your iPhones. On demand, you can listen to this episode on demand anytime, as well as the one where we said Goldberg was going to wrestle Undertaker at WrestleMania, because <laughs> that is going to happen, folks. And finally, let me close with this. Donald Trump was the first ever president elected to the United States that is a WWE Hall of Famer. And just when we thought it couldn't get any better, ex- former executive Linda McMahon named Small yep. Business Administration Director, folks, Pro wrestling is back and taking over Washington. 
That's all, folks. Brawl for all. I'm Lance Jenkins alongside with Stevie Fly, and we will see you next week live right here on blogtalkradio.com. So long. God bless. See you next week, and go Orioles. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.